Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. My name is Emma Sue Prince, and this podcast is based on the internationally selling book by the same name. This book focuses on seven important skills. They are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, being proactive, being optimistic, and being resilient. And this podcast is all about how you can bring these skills into your everyday life so that you are living a life full of happiness, full of purpose, great relationships, doing work that you love, and just really getting the most out of life. Welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. I'm so proud to be presenting this new season, Emerging. And with this, I really wanted to focus on artists, performers, dancers, singers, musicians, songwriters, um, because these professions have been so badly hit by the pandemic. And I know that people in this industry really do have a lot to teach us about how to thrive and adapt. And so I was just interested in featuring their stories, how they've adapted to the unfolding crisis. And I was really curious to know if their craft had changed in any way. Um, So perhaps, you know, ending up composing differently or creating different kinds of performance. Um, Because we know that it's the artists, it's the musicians, it's the poets, the singers, it's the performers who have often been best, I think, at expressing the most turbulent moments in our history. Um, And actually, I'm quite excited and humbled and honoured to be able to introduce you to some really amazing and extraordinary people. In between these interviews, I'm going to be highlighting some of the skills and qualities that our wonderful interviewees have been developing or strengthening during this time, and explaining how you can do the same thing in your own life, regardless of your background or what you do. So today I am talking to Emmy Happisberg, actor, writer and producer. Emmy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to see see you and it's lovely to be here. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I'd love you to, first of all, just tell our listeners a bit more about you and what you do. Well, I'm predominantly an actor and I've been acting since I was 21 professionally. Um, And I also did a bit of writing in my 20s, but that's come more to the fore recently. Um, And I've started writing again professionally. I used to write for um, a production company called MTV, a TV channel and produced a bit for them as well. And um, last year, no, the year before last, 2019, I set up uh, my own theatre company, which was probably not the best year to choose, the year before a pandemic. But um, (laughs) we've had one great production and um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So lots of of things. Sounds like you're you're really busy. Um, Great. I'm interested to know if you're actually still busy and what you're doing now but let's just cast our minds back for a moment to the spring of 2020 um now i don't know about you but at the start of 2020 it seemed like it was going to be a really significant year and it definitely has been (laughs) um but uh it seemed like it was going to be very promising at the very beginning of the year but i want you to just be thinking about the spring 
And how did things unfold for you personally at that time? Um, how were you affected? What happened? What was going on? Um, I had a, um, I had just booked a part, um, the lead part in a short film, and I was booked by a very well-respected casting director called Shakira Dowling. So things looked really promising for 2020 for me. I'd also just done um, um, a one-woman show. It was part of a festival, and I'd written it myself, and it was produced by a theatre company that I really respect uh, called Pants on Fire um, and directed by Peter Bramley, who's a very well-respected director. So things were looking really good. <laughs> Um, and Peter actually came to me after the festival and said, you know, out of all the pieces that were performed, we really love yours. We'd love to rehearse it and take it to Edinburgh, either this year or next year. So, so 2020 was looking really great in sort of February for me. <laughs> um, in March, just before lockdown, I tested positive for COVID. So um I slept through most of the first lockdown because I had quite a, a brutal case. And by the time I came up for air, we were fully locked down and um, I was sort of fully sort of taking account of what was happening, which mm. meant that the film was postponed and there was going to be no rehearsing for this theatre production because Edinburgh probably wasn't on. Um, so I lost those two projects pretty much. Um, but what i what i what i did do is um just threw myself into once i was better from covid threw myself into to writing and rewriting and pre-production because the show i had written was only 20 25 minutes and it had to be an hour so i just adapted and just thought well you have to do what you can mm. and Peter also um the director also did decided to do a new festival for actors who were all at home which was brilliant and he um he gave us all a sonnet out of all of Shakespeare's sonnets and I had number 57 I think there were 154 in total and so we did these um we had to do it in a minute minute recordings of Shakespearean sonnets and he oh. just put those all online on his Instagram account and social media and um uh, his website mm. and we we sort of had a mini Shakespeare festival and it was we did it we all worked for free um you know there was there were amazing actors there you know Hayley Squires to new graduates so it was it was really special um and so we got to perform and practice a bit mm. and there were also um, self-tapes to be done. So actors are now being asked to audition at home. So at your desk yes. or, you know, setting up your iPhone or camera to record yourself. And um, I've got the kids involved <laughs> with my <laughs> auditioning. Um, and um, I booked an advert, which was great. So I got to, I did a TV commercial um, yeah. as well. So it, it was just a case of reshuffling. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I had to let a lot of my teaching go because teaching drama over Zoom doesn't really work for me. Um, mm. To really be in the room for theatre, it's a it's a shared experience. It's a live experience, um, and I think 
some of that can come across, but I think you do lose, you lose a lot because being in the room, you feel people resonate differently and you can feel the truth. It's something you feel rather than see and mm. witness on a screen mm. sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But there's okay. not been much to spend your money on, has there? So Yeah, well, true. So so sounds like, I mean, obviously, um, big professional setbacks, but sounds like you bounced back and did, did some things anyway. You're doing stuff. But also real personal uh hardship in in that you were actually very ill and that must have been very hard experiencing that and 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 coming out of that and coming through that um it it was really terrifying because it was at the beginning when nobody really knew how it was affecting people yeah and at that time they were saying 14 days and you'll be better um and i wasn't better after 14 days but i in my mind, I felt like I should be because I'd been told I would be. And I was an idiot. I went out running and I didn't realize that I had actually developed COVID pneumonia. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to go to bed consequently for another two weeks. And then I was like, well, this is ridiculous. I must be better by now. You know, I'm young, I'm fit and healthy. So I got up again and kind of went full, full pelt at my life again. And, you know, was doing TikToks with my kids. And, and then I, I put myself to bed again for another week Mm -hmm. and it was just it was a cycle that went like that for about 90 days yeah Um, Yeah. three months later I sort of came up for air and thought what was that that Mm -hmm. was just and so now even now I'm taking things slowly it's made me slow down and I think that's actually helped me cope with these restrictions because you know I'm very great. I'm, I am very grateful for my health now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very grateful to be here in the second lockdown, homeschooling my kids because yeah. I couldn't in the first lockdown. It was literally kids, you've got to get on with it yourselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that sense of gratitude, I know there's a massive thing about gratitude. I mean, it's very trendy. It's a very on-trend word, but I think it's just part of my toolbox. I've mm-hmm. always looked at really hard situations and, you know, from past challenging situations, been able to find the positive in it and what I've learned and the mm. lesson. Mm. And I think just learning, re- remembering how valuable life is and how valuable, you know, the things that we have are and being thankful for those. I genuinely am really yes. grateful to be here still. Yes. And yes. really thankful that this is m- my life, even though it's restricted. Mm. Um, mm. Because there's so much, every day there's something to just, you know, be super happy about yeah and you know you're absolutely right and and gratitude yes it is sort of trendy and a bit of a buzzword but actually the research behind practicing gratitude is immense and and we know that it's um a significant contributor to being able to manage uh uncertainty well to be able to come through change um just to you know in all sorts of ways it's a it's a massive boost so gratitude. So if, if you if you had to choose three more things that that you feel have helped you through this time, I mean they could be skills, they could be qualities that you perhaps didn't realise you had, but you have, um, or or strategies that you've used, you know, what would those those three be? Maybe you have more than three, but if you had to choose three, what would you um, say those are? Having have, having a, a, a really great 
mental health toolbox has been the most important thing. I mean, with the death count as it is from COVID, I think you can sort of say it feels like living through a, a war. And those mental health um, tools are so important. My personal ones, are, which I discovered from previous challenges in my life, are um, yoga, yoga three times a day, and um, three times a week, three times a day, God, I'd be so fit, <laughs> I wish, three, three times a week. And my yoga teacher used to say three times a week to keep yourself young. And just that time on the mat mm. is really important to me to exercise. Um, but it also has a meditative quality. Meditation, you know, I try and do a bit every day. Um, just those mental health things that they're boring. No one wants to do them, you know, but you have to do them because they're the thing that's going to get you through and you feel so much better and you feel not just like your normal self, you'll feel better than your normal self if you do them. So having a strong mental toolbox and, and, and mental health toolbox and gratitude, a gratitude practice is now in that. I have, oh, it's here. I have a, I now have a gratitude journal and I write, um, I write in it uh, 10 things I'm grateful for every day. And just doing that, it just, you know, it just changes, changes your mindset. So mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, so having a strong mental health toolbox is definitely something that's got me through. Um, patience is a quality I didn't really think I had. Um, mm-hmm. I am a really patient person and I didn't know I was. And I think being a mom, I I look back on my life and I think, oh, you know, I am really patient. I'm 46 um, and I'm still waiting for my big break in the arts. You know, I've made some some good steps, but there's been, and and I'm happy to wait, you know, um, Mm. because I believe in myself and believe I can do really good work. Um, I've, look back on my time as a mum and I'm patient with my kids. Um, and patience is a, is, a, is, a, is a virtue to definitely cultivate. And I think that um, being patient and having, you know, knowing that the light is coming and there's, you know, that, that the end of the tunnel is in sight and being positive about what's coming helps you be patient. So, um, the positivity of, of, of feeling like there is going to be a massive, massive outburst in the arts of all these artists who have been hibernating. Mm-hmm. You know, we've kind of been undercover for a, a year, most of us, you know, and and we're all hibernating and preparing and writing and all this stuff is suddenly going to be shared. Yes. And it's going to take you know, it's, it's, it's an intense period of, 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 of work being done. And I think it's going to be so exciting. It's going to be like the roaring twenties again with the jazz and the Charleston and the art deco. It was then who knows what it will be this <laughs> century, but I really fully believe it's going to be so exciting. It's so exciting. And I want to be part of it. And I want to be yeah. you know, out there experiencing it, not just contributing to it, but I want to experience it. Yes. So, I, I feel, yeah, I, I can be patient for that. That's like going to be like Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Patience, patience is, 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 is something else I definitely think has, has um, helped get me through. Yeah. Um, and the last one would probably be resilience. I'm 
Yes. I'm I'm a lot stronger than I look, I think. And I think it's mm. really good to learn that about yourself. You were talking earlier about some of the work that you've been doing and you were talking just now about the Roaring Twenties coming back. Um, could you tell us more about your work and what you're working, you know, what you're working on at the moment, whether anything you're doing right now has been shaped by what we're experiencing? Um, maybe you're still, you know, you're probably sounds like you're still doing lots of work and creating things um, in hibernation, as it were. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mainly teaching homeschool at the moment, but I've learned a lot about the solar system and fronted adverbials. <laughs> but um, between, between my um, having my teaching hat on, I've been rewriting this show that I wrote as a short piece in January. And I literally, the only reason I wrote it was I wanted to challenge myself that I could still write and I wanted to challenge myself that I could hold an audience's attention on my own on stage. And it was supposed to be 15 minutes, but it ended up being 25. And the director said, look, don't cut it. It's perfect as it is. So I didn't. And I got amazing feedback. I was knocked off my feet, actually, because I, I didn't think I was capable of writing something um, that got that feedback. And so um, he asked me, as I mentioned before, to uh, <clears throat> develop it for Edinburgh into a 55-minute piece. So Edinburgh is probably not happening in 2021. I mean, there's still a chance. Um, but if it does happen, it will probably be on a digital platform. And so what we're going to do is I've now written the piece. It's just I'm just in the process of final edits. And I'm in the process of standing up in my living room rather than a rehearsal space <laughs> and just kind of repeating it over and over. Um, and then I'm going to Zoom the director. If restrictions are lifted, he will. He lives in France. So if, if restrictions are lifted, fingers crossed, he will travel here or I'll travel there and we'll do like a week's intensive rehearsal. Um, and then we provisionally got a theatre booked in London for the 23rd of June um, without an audience. And um, we're in the process of booking um, a lighting director and a um, film crew mm -hmm. to come and um, to come and and record it for digital performance, and we'll live stream it. And it hopefully, it's going to be at the Tristan Bates Theatre in London. Um, oh, and and I'm I'm collecting. Um, it's about the '90s and the rave scene in the '90s, <laughs> um, and I was. Um, I'm not sure if I should be ashamed or proud to say an original raver was very young, <laughs> shouldn't have been going to raves, but um, it's a it's a really happy memory mm. of times where we could all meet and party, and there were no phones, there was no technology like that. <laughs> it was just it was wonderful, a wonderful time for me. So I'm collecting '90s um, props. So I, I these were my purchase on eBay, and um, they're a pair of original. 1990 Air Max in infrared colorway. So I'm I'm getting ready. I've got my feet. I've got my footwear. So um, that's yeah. a, that's a good start. But um, uh, yeah. So I'm preparing that, and and instead of it being a live performance, it will now be digital. Yeah. But I'm quite excited about that. I'll have a recording. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of acting because if there are close-ups, you're not projecting to the back. You've got to keep your face much much more still, and it's just through the eyes. So it's mm -hmm. going to be mm -hmm. going to be another challenge. Yeah. So 
And will this be something that audience audiences have to pay for to see? We are going to charge. Yeah, because yes. you have to, don't you? Really? I mean, yes. I mean, if we were in Edinburgh, we would. Yeah, of course. Um, but we will charge, yes, because it's it's like having a ticket to the theatre. Yes. Um, so there's a way for artists to make money there. But, yeah. you know, I, I wouldn't ever ask anyone to pay for anything that wasn't really good quality and that I didn't believe in. Hence, hence racing every time I finish maths and RE in English mm-hmm. to like my desk, just re-edit my script and make sure that it's yeah. something I'm really proud of. Wow. And that will, you know, make me happy. It, it's a very happy piece. And I think yeah. that just happened by accident, really, you know, because mm-hmm. it was in January that I finished it in 2020. Mm-hmm. And so actually it's perfect for this time in our history yes. when everyone's, the atmosphere is quite heavy. We need stuff to lighten us up. We need stuff to. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And a bit of nostalgia is quite good as well of, of, a, of a happy time and knowing mm. that it's going to come again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what would you say you've learned about yourself or a learning? Cause I mean, it doesn't, it's not stopping um, uh, about yourself as a person as well as, an actor um it's really important to let go is what I've learned mm. Mm. um I've let go of so much this year I've let go of a lead role in a film I've let go of the the expectations of um being able to put my theatre show on I've let go of my time being able to um, do work in the daytime and let go of that and embrace um, spending time with my children instead, mm. you know, mm. and actually really embraced it because they are, you know, kind of, we've kind of been given a pause, us parents. And I know people are complaining about homeschool and I just, I know this is a really unpopular opinion and maybe it's because I didn't get to do it the first time round. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really relishing the time sat next to my nine-year-old boy because he's going to be, my, my girl is 14 and she doesn't really need me so much. She'll occasionally ask me a question, but just letting go of what you expected life to be this year has been mm. the most important thing I've learned, but I'm able to do that, to let go of something and go, okay, can't do that. Let's just throw ourselves fully into this you know mm-hmm. having time with my children before they're grown I mean they'd be at school and there are positives in that of course but getting this time this year you know a lot more time with them has been really precious mm-hmm. so that's lovely to hear yeah yeah no it is it's lovely to hear I might be saying uh, something completely different tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah um you were talking earlier on about you know this kind of return to the roaring 20s and you know everyone's going to have so much to to create and contribute um just how do you see the industry evolving um over the longer term I mean do you think there will be more you know you're creating something that, purely digital uh, even when we can go back to meeting in person are we going to see more digital things coming up how do you how do you see that everything evolving as we as we move forward i think um i, I hope theater 
will come back as it is, as it has been with live audiences and you know being sat next to someone so that you and you're so engrossed in what you're watching your mm. knee relaxes and touches the person next to you and you don't even care you know and you hear a cough and you don't even care because you're so engrossed in what you're watching because I think theatres and I really believe this I think it's the Atlantic school in America that says theatre is the last place on earth that you can go and feel the truth mm. it's that mm. tradition of storytelling of storytelling, but being in the same room as the storyteller. And humans learn through stories. You watch other people's stories and you learn how to fight against adversity, how to have empathy, how to be inclusive. Mm. You know, you learn about injustices. And you sit there and you take it all in for one hour, two hours, and then you go and you talk to whoever you've sat with. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if it's a good production, this happened and this happened. And what do you think of that? And it opens up Mm -hmm. discussion and discourse. And it's such an important part of our culture and also just not just entertainment but for educating and for opening discussion amongst people and I I I love it so much and I miss it so much sitting in the room and also being on the stage and I I hope that we get this virus under control enough that we can all go back to doing that soon Um, but I do think we will see um I think performers will feel even luckier to do what they do so maybe Mm. the work will be even better I'm (laughs) sure it will be I'm sure it will be actually but I think we will see digital streaming I think theatre companies have got savvy to the fact that if you record it you have not just a record but you have a product that you can then sell afterwards for people who haven't made it to theatre the the National Theatre um I don't know how successful it's been, I, I, I presume very, because I signed up straight away, um, uh, uh, streaming their performances that they had in their archive. Mm. And there were a few mm. things that I really wanted to see that I had missed. Yes. And that's so exciting for me to be able to, and, and now they originally did some for free, free viewings, and now that you, you pay, you sign up. Mm. So I mm. think theatre companies will do that. Um, I think actors and performers will adapt. Um, mm. I, you know, mm all those theatre performers on the West End who've just lost their jobs, you know, they're competition now for me. For I mean, I, I kind of did more screen work, but they, they're, they're competition for commercials. I, the commercial I got in the summer, yes. I learned that 800, 800 people applied in wow. my, of my casting type with an age bracket of just four years yeah. for this one part you know, mm-hmm. of my, of absolutely my type, 800. And those, those are the people who have, you know, had theatre jobs and, uh, and, yes. and, and other yeah. jobs that have just gone, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a tough industry anyway, but um, I think those, you know, other actors are learning, you're having to change skills. People have had to learn how to do voiceovers. People have had to learn how to do screen work. Yeah. So you'll see, Hopefully they won't keep employing Keely Hawes in everything, although I do love her. <laughs> Hopefully they'll employ, you know, there are other actresses out there and actors out there. You, you yes. tend to see, I don't mean to pick on Keely Hawes, I think she's wonderful. Um, but I I um I hope they don't keep picking the same faces because mm. I hope, you know, I think that other actors will have learnt. And I think there's a great movement in diversity as well, the Black Lives Matters movement. Mm-hmm. Um uh you know, I, I hope to see a lot more diversity on screen. 
Mm. Um, I think it'll be an exciting time. I really yeah. do. You yeah. Know? And, and from what I've seen sort of little glimpses of with performer friends online, they are working on their poetry. They are working on mm. their music. Mm. You know, they're doubling down. Yeah. It's wonderful um, to hear. It is wonderful to hear. Um, and I'm just um, thinking, just to finish finish our interview, um, if we have people in, in our audience who are, in, in our podcast audience, who are perhaps struggling at the moment, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're working from home and have been for, you know, who knows how long. Uh, normally they might be going into an office um, and maybe they're feeling quite demotivated. What sort of tips could you offer them that might help? If I'm feeling down, connect with friends. You know, they're a FaceTime call away or a phone call, just send them, drop them a text and just say, can we, mm. can we, are you around to chat? Do a mood changer. And by that, I mean, put something on that immediately changes your mood. Like what's your favorite song that you actually dance to? Um, I actually was feeling quite down the other day. I'd put on COVID weight. I think we all have, we've been smacking a lot more. And so, and I know my friend was incredibly down. So I put my disco lights on and uh, it's just a small thing that flashes on the ceiling and I put on prints and I, I recorded myself having, I'm going to sound nuts now, having a little dance around my living room, just doing those little things. Yes. And, and I sent her the video and it made her laugh. And then she said <laughs> something back to me and we just, it's just doing things to make yourself happy, do things to make yourself laugh, mm. you know, remember those things that are instant mood changes for you. And then if you're feeling demotivated, just the thought of we will come out of this patience mm. get out in nature I get out in nature once a day that's been such an important part of it for me I drag the kids out sometimes and say, we are going to the woods and we are taking the dog for a long walk and just breathe in that oxygen remember the things you're grateful for and think you know there will be an end to this and I want to come out of this stronger and mm. you know I, I don't want to um, come out of this in worse shape than I went into it. Although I think a lot of us are stone heavier. I know I, <laughs> yeah, but, um, you know, the end is in sight now. So it's time to, you know, start the diet and <laughs> the exercise for me. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I think doing those, those, those things that help you, mm. um, feel more positive are really important. And then hopefully the motivation will come, but not to beat yourself up either if it doesn't, because, the atmosphere is so heavy for all of us. You know, even if you turn yeah. off the news, hearing the figures, it's, the atmosphere is heavy. And so if the inspiration doesn't come, you can't pull it down. Mm. Don't, mm. don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. Go and have a hot bath, light some candles, go and put your favorite TV show on, um, you know, something lighthearted and comedy or, or, you know, if horror is your thing, do that, you know, whatever's floats <laughs> your boat, just, yeah. just have a, have a rest and come back to it. And, and I know it's really hard because so many of us parents are very tired at the moment, fitting a school day in on top of a work day. Yeah. Which is why self-care is, is even more important, taking the time to mm. do that. Emmy, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been wonderful to have you with us. Oh, my pleasure. I don't think I've probably given any wisdom at all, but it's just been lovely to chat Aww. and not and to actually have some social interaction with a friend. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. But no, you've, you've, you've really given, I think, lots of inspiration. And um, we'll make sure that, um, well, do 
tell us where we can find out more about what you're doing and we'll make sure all of those are on the show notes as well oh, is lovely. there a website is there a website people can maybe go to on on instagram um on instagram the theater company is um well my theater company is at contentment underscore productions and we're working in conjunction with peter bramley's uh uh, theater company which is at pants on fire um and his theater company pants on fire have a website and they're on all the social media platforms and they've done some brilliant work oh and check out their um, sonnets they're lockdown sonnets they're oh really yes definitely a minute each just a little yeah. bit of culture if you fancy a minute of Shakespeare I definitely, want sonnets. To I definitely want to listen to those definitely no we'll make sure those are all in the show notes for for you and um thank you so much for being with us today and my pleasure it's been it's been so lovely to chat thank you so so much for having me thank you thank you for listening to the podcast Make sure you subscribe to the show on your podcast player or on YouTube. And if you can leave us a positive review, we really appreciate it. If you want more support, tips and ideas to strengthen these skills, go to the website unimenta.com where you can take part in live masterclasses, self-access online modules and download lots of free resources. Get the book, Seven Skills for the Future, in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And why not get yourself a copy of the 777 Journal to transform your life in just seven weeks through daily journaling practice.